Welcome to the Health Design Podcast. I am your host, Moyes Jiwa. My guest on the podcast today is someone who looks perfectly well, and yet he has a chronic condition that is only diagnosed when a whole bunch of other things are ruled out. An extraordinarily challenging situation to be in when dealing with healthcare professionals. My guest on the podcast today calls himself Johan, the Chapinous Guy. Well, you're very, very welcome to the show, Johan. I'm delighted to be speaking with you today. And I'm particularly keen for us to have this conversation because when you see patients who've got a broken leg or they've got a plaster on or they've lost their hair due to chemotherapy, you can tell that they are sick. And it's very easy to be very sympathetic to that person. When that doesn't happen, and it happens in many other conditions, that the patient looks completely normal in inverted commas, it's very easy to be dismissive or skeptical about the diagnosis. And that's very true, it seems, of vestibular disorders. And that's why I really wanted us to have a conversation. Tell me about vestibular disorders and how you experience them. Yes, sir. Well, I'm very glad that you started with that specific question because uh, you're right, you're correct. Uh, Because this condition is, quote-unquote, invisible. We often get dismissed, not only by the medical establishment like doctors or, or specialists, but, but also by people in the regular community, like our friends, our family, our employers, things like that. When you see someone that has a terminal illness, uh, let's say cancer or, or, or something along those lines, people often become very sympathetic. They say, hey, like, I'm so sorry you're going through this. Is there anything that we can do to help you? Unlike that, vestibular disorders don't get the same kind of compassion because uh, we look perfectly fine in the outside. Like you looking at me right now on video, I look perfectly fine. I look healthy. I look outgoing. I'm, I'm standing straight. Like I'm, I'm quote unquote happy. So you wouldn't be able to tell that I'm suffering from a chronic condition that affects me 24 seven. And that also is very extremely debilitating. So vestibular disorders, I, to start, I, I never knew that we had a vestibular system. I've never in my life heard the word vestibular until this happened to me two years ago. I took my balance for granted, like many of us do. One thing that I did experience will be a motion sickness when I was in a roller coaster or, or, or in a carnival or rides like that. Or whenever I was parking my vehicle and the vehicle next to me was pulling out or, or, or moving, I would get that sensation inside of me that I was moving as well. So I would step on the brakes really hard. Uh, and many, many healthy people often experience that. But a vestibular disorder affects your balance system, starting by your inner ear, your eyes, and your perception by uh, affecting your, your cerebellum or, uh, or, or your joints, how you, how you feel where you're standing and your, your position in the, in, in, like in, in just with gravity and everything around you. And sir, well, this, ha- this started to me two years ago. It was a normal day, like any other day. I, I was spending time with my wife, with my son. We were laughing. We were having a snack. We were having ice cream with, uh, with some brownies, chocolate brownies. We had them. I went to sleep. And then around three in the morning, I opened my eyes and the whole world was spinning. Everything was spinning around me. So I, 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 got a little, I had a bit of a panic attack. I tried to sit up, but I couldn't. Like I couldn't gain my balance. So I, I talked around to, to feel my wife next to me. And then I said to her, I said, something's wrong. Something's really wrong. I don't know if those brownies that we bought at the grocery store had something weird in them 
or I'm having a stroke right now, but I, 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 something's really wrong. So she woke up and said, well, what do you mean? What's happening to you? And I said, I don't know. Everything is spinning. I, I feel like every sound, like is, I have like hyper hearing, like everything is extremely loud. And I feel this pressure in the back of my neck and in my head, like it's about to blow up. So uh, to make a long story short, we went to the hospital and the doctor said, oh, this is very common. You're having a ver- vertigo attack induced by migraine. I said, okay, great. How do, we, how do we make it go away? And they said, well, you often it goes away on its own. Well, Moyes, it's been two and a half years and here we are still dealing with the, with the vertigo and dizziness. But it's better. I, I have improved. I, I, I shouldn't say that it's all bad. Like I have improved a lot. I am able to drive. I'm able to work again. I am able to live my life to the fullest or what I believe is the fullest of my capacity. So, uh, so things do improve. Did they improve because the diagnosis was correct or did they improve because the disease just changed its pattern and that it, it normally improves with time? What was going on? I do believe it's a little bit of both. The diagnosis, so at first when they diagnosed me with vertigo, I was like, okay, well, that's, that's not an answer. Like, how, how, how do I get better? So I spent thousands of dollars, what I believe, and, and, and we have a great health healthcare system in Canada, but a lot of things are not covered by it. So I think so far I've spent about thirty-five dollars to $40,000 on going to different specialists, trying different treatments, taking supplements, trying things that on the internet, apparently they work to, to help you resolve these vertigo conditions. So vertigo is not a diagnosis. Vertigo is a symptom, but many doctors use it as a diagnosis. They just say, oh, you got vertigo. There are different types of vertigo. There is uh, uh, BPPV, which you also have Meniere's disease. You also have vestibular migraines like me. You have uh, triple PD, which is also another condition that causes vertigo. And many others, vestibular neuritis, vestibular labyrinthitis. So that getting a diagnosis was key or, or getting a right diagnosis, a proper diagnosis was key because then I could focus on what's the treatment for that specific diagnosis. So as you know, doctor, there, are no, there is no cure for, for vertigo or for migraines, because my, my diagnosis is actually called vestibular migraines, which means that rather than the actual headache pain, I get bouts of dizziness and vertigo that affect me when the migraine episode is active. So I've, I've, it's, it's a trial and error. They give you different medications. Uh, some of them could be antidepressants, which address not only the migraine symptom, but also addresses the anxiety and the panic that comes with these conditions because your life changes completely, 360 degrees. Like I wasn't able to walk. I had to crawl around my house for months. I, I spent three months not being able to sleep because I felt that the, the, the bed was a boat, was a rocking boat. I, I, was, I was laying still, but the boat, the boat was moving and I felt nauseous, I felt sick. So the lack of sleep was driving me crazy. The dizziness, constant dizziness was driving me crazy. So I tried different medications that allow me to get a, a handle on, on the anxiety itself, but also decreasing the symptoms themselves. And that has helped make it more manageable and get my life to somewhat normal. That's really terrifying to feel that you are like that for three months, you can't sleep. It's like you've been on a long boat journey and it doesn't end. Anyone who's been on a boat journey knows that that initial couple of hours that you're on the boat is a horrible experience. And you experienced that for fully for three months. Was it not possible to get treatment that would 
actually improve your symptoms? Uh, they try different things. At first, they, they, they say, well, maybe it's also part of BPPV, which often gets resolved by, by uh, doing different positions with your head and different movements. We tried that, didn't work. They also say, okay, how about you change your diet? So I completely changed my diet. I live a very healthy lifestyle. I don't need fried foods. I don't need dairy or anything that contains lactose. No chocolate, no sweet, no sugars. It's, everything that I eat is basically holistic food. Like Everything is very natural. So mostly vegetables, salads, beef, chicken. And, and it, gets, it gets a little bit old. It gets a little bit boring sometimes. But it's, it's what allows me to function. I, I, I know many people that have been in this journey for eight years, 10 years, and they are still feeling like I fell on the three months that, that this started. And, and I know how they handle it. They, they, they are in a deep, dark hole of depression, anxiety, fear, and they are not able to work. They are not able to fend for themselves. So they totally are depending on their family members to be able to provide for them food. Uh, their 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 medications, their their uh, a place to live. So I'm I'm very thankful. I am I'm a person of faith, and I am very thankful to God that I am able to still be independent when I know these conditions have destroyed so many lives. How many people in your experience have got the condition to the extent that they are so disabled? Uh, that's an excellent question, Moise. Actually, from my experience. Hundreds. I run, a, I run an Instagram page called Find Your Chappiness, where I provide support for, for people that are suffering from vestibular conditions or other chronic illnesses. And uh, I have about 2,000 followers. Many of them are people suffering from these conditions. And I also run a, a YouTube channel called uh, Vestibular Talks, where I interview people that have conditions like this. And I believe I'm on episode 75 right now. And everybody has a journey that is very unique, but also very similar to what I experienced. And some of them are very, are success cases. Some of them are being able to manage their lives and, and still resume their regular activities. But many of them, the big majority, are not able to continue a life of, of doing what most of us take for granted in a daily basis. And they will have lots of interactions with medicine and doctors and the healthcare system. What are those interactions like? Most of them have felt very dismissed because many doctors, uh, when, when I'm, I'm very, I'm, how would I say, I'm very blessed and lucky that here in Canada, the doctors tried their hardest to find out what was happening to me. They did a lot of blood work. They did a lot of, of different tests, an MRI in my brain, an MRI in my neck, x-rays, ultrasounds. They were really trying to determine what was happening to me. For lack of results, with the other tests, they determine, yes, you do have vestibular migraines. And there is not a specific test or evaluation that will show that you have vestibular migraines. They do it by eliminating other conditions. So that's why they did all the testing. I did a hearing test. I did many different tests to determine that this is what I have. And I was lucky that, uh, that they arrived to this conclusion because many other patients haven't been as lucky. And they go from doctor to doctor, year after year, specialist to specialist, spending money, spending time. And they either receive different diagnoses that are contradicting or they don't get a diagnosis. And the doctor says, hey, you're just a hypochondriac or you are making this up in your head or 
you're just a very anxious person and you need to take anxiety medication. So I feel, I really feel for these patients because they feel like they are, they are going crazy. They feel in their mind that they are losing their minds because someone that they are trying to trust, which is their doctor, is telling them, hey, sorry, there is nothing really wrong. This is all in your head. I'm reminded that 100, 150, 200 years ago, some of the conditions that we now recognize, that we now diagnose, that we have tests for, that we have treatments for, were regarded in the same way as hysteria. Some of the conditions that today we take as clearly organic pathology, and you're right, this is a diagnosis of exclusion. You do a whole bunch of tests in order to come up with a diagnosis that says this is that particular condition, that's vestibular migraine or whatever it happens to be. And there is no specific test. I have no doubts that one day there will be a test and there will be a specific treatment. I had a really good doctor that listened to me and he, he kept pushing, trying to find out different specialists, different treatments, different diagnoses to, to finally help me. But I did experience it from family members and friends. They will say, but you look perfectly fine. There is nothing wrong with you. You must be making this up. You, you must be trying to get attention from us. And I'm like, why would I ever make up these symptoms that are so like irrational? Like when you try to make sense of the symptoms that vestibular patients experience, you you're like this. This sounds like someone is on drugs, or or you're losing your mind, literally. So my family will say, "You look fine. Get over it." Yeah, people get dizzy every now and then. You'll, you'll be fine. Interesting enough, doctor, I spent over a year and a half trying to educate my family on vestibular disorders, on teaching them what I felt, what other patients felt. And it wasn't until my mom and my dad themselves experienced a bout of BPPV because they're in their 60s and they both, a few months apart from each other, experienced a bout of BPPV and they were extremely anxious and scared. And, I, and I, I don't feel glad that they experienced that. I, I feel bad. But I told them, I'm like, imagine that 24-7, all day long, 365 days of your life. That's my life story. And then that kind of opened their eyes to say, wow, we're sorry because we, we didn't know what was happening to you until we were able to relate to what was happening to you. Yes, it's very hard for family to, to understand what's going on because they will be hearing these kind of things from doctors as well. This is not a condition that has any real basis. This is something that has been conjured up in your family member's mind, or at least they may have assumed that. You may have experienced the opposite. In other words, a more sympathetic, more helpful response from somebody. What was that like and how can we emulate that? I, had, I found a lot of support online from other what we call vestibular warriors and for other chronic illness sufferers, people really open their hearts to listen to my journey and to share their own journeys with me. So we, we felt like we had a community that not only could relate to what we were feeling, but that would also morally support us. I'm sure you are aware, but many people that suffer from these conditions, and not only vestibular conditions, but many chronic illnesses, they commit suicide because they feel that no one is supporting them. They feel that there is no way out. They feel that they... This is going to be the rest of their life. And myself included, I, I, Moyes, I, I, my whole life, I was a happy guy. I was an outgoing guy. I, I had a music band. I, I, I love the world. I love people. I loved animals. And when this hit me, it brought me so down to my knees 
that I keep telling my wife, I want to end my life. I never, I never ever thought about suicide before this. And I kept saying to my wife, I want to end my life because I am not going to be a good husband to you. And I'm not going to be a good father to my son. If I, if I'm going to continue sick like this, I don't want to become a burden to you guys. And I will feel very emotional about it because I used to be very strong. I used to be the guy that people look up to, the guy that people came to for support. But at that moment, I was the guy that was lost. I, I, I kept praying to God and saying, God, if, if you can hear me, end this. End it for me, please, because I'm, I'm so trapped into this darkness that I don't want it to continue anymore. Fortunately, doctor, I've been able to find the support that I needed. I, I talked to a professional, uh, to a psychologist, which I highly recommend to people to do it. Also, the support of my doctor and the specialists that are treating this condition, the medications, my diet changes, the faith that I have in God, my family's support, my family's love, especially my wife and my son. And I do so many other things to address this, doctor. I, I became resilient. And I said, you know what? Humans are the most perfect creation in the world. We're the most adaptable creature in the world and we're perfectly created to overcome any difficulty. So I said, I'm a human, so I can overcome this. And I started doing a, a yoga and meditation. I, I thought that I was for hippies. I said, yoga is for hippies, that's not real. When I started doing it and experiencing the benefits of it, I realized that yes, there is more to it and, and we shouldn't criticize or judge what we don't know. I started giving hope to other people. I started saying to them, Yes, it's hard, but it's manageable and I am getting better and so will you. You will get better again and you will be able to live your life. You will be able to find hope and share that hope with others that are struggling. And doctor, here I am two and a half years later and I have a full-time job that I really enjoy. I have really good friends. I have a family support. I have a very clean diet and a very healthy lifestyle. I exercise every day. I take cold showers every day. And I try to motivate people as much as I can to tell them that this darkness, they are not alone. We are stronger together so they can find support in me and in many others that are wanting to help. But you're so much more than that, Johan. You are a ray of hope for so many people. And I think the first thing that you did was to acknowledge the pain, the despair that you were feeling. And that was important because it allowed you to face that particular demon and find a way to to deal with what was a very, very difficult situation. Where do you see yourself going from here? What's the future for you now? Well, Moyes, I do hope that I continue to improve, that my health continues to improve. I am very disciplined and consistent with my therapies or treatments. I still do my vestibular rehabilitation therapy every day. I live a very healthy lifestyle, as I mentioned. I try to do things to challenge my mind. I read a lot of books. I try to learn a lot. I try to expand the universe around me in order to make me a better person. I don't know how long this quality of life is going to last. Maybe things will improve. Maybe things will get worse. But at least I know that for now, I'm going to live my life to the fullest and to be the, the best friend I can be to people, the best husband I can be to my wife, the best father that I can be to my son, and the best employee that I can be to my employer. So they all know that I'm not lacking around, that I'm not that I'm not just finding, I'm not becoming a victim of my circumstances, that I'm giving it my all. And maybe my all is sometimes taking a break. Maybe my all is sometimes being compassionate with myself and understanding that I have limitations. 
But I, I learned to be okay with that because I learned that I got to love me for me. How is science keeping up with you? Have we made any progress in making a diagnosis easier or are we still back where you were two years ago, still making this as a diagnosis of exclusion? It has improved a little bit from uh, the research that I've done. There are, there are new testing and new, new equipment that will help determine the diagnosis a little bit sooner. For example, they have the, the virtual reality glasses that will follow your nystagmus to see where your eyes are moving. That will kind of like tell the, the doctor or the physiotherapist that there is actually indeed a condition present with your, with affecting your balance in your, in your ears. Also, there is this machine that, that all vestibular patients are terrified of. That is this chair that spins you a bunch of times to, uh, to try to determine when, when it stops spinning, if your eyes can follow and track the, the light again to see if you can find your balance. So there are certain things that are coming along and there is new medications, new things that are improving. But I, I agree with you. I believe that the future looks bright and there will be eventually easier, faster way to, to diagnose this and hopefully to treat it. What do you say to medical students who might be listening to this conversation today in terms of their approach to patients who've got vertigo, which is not a diagnosis, it's a symptom? Yes. So from many doctors that I've spoken to and many specialists, they all have confirmed that when they are in a school, in medical school, their, their teaching or, or their knowledge of the vestibular system is very basic. Like they say, we don't we don't really specialize in it unless you are a, a neurologist or an autoneurologist or an ENT. But, but regular doctors, basically, you see a couple hours of what the vestibular system is and what kind of conditions may affect it. I do tell these doctors to be compassionate, to listen to their, to their patients, and to try to understand that although these conditions are, quote-unquote, invisible, they are very real to us. And they do make a, 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 it does make a difference when you find a doctor that even if he doesn't know how to treat it, if he tells you, I believe you and we'll figure this out, that will make a world of difference in their patient. That is fantastic advice. It's been an honor speaking with you today. We wish you all the very best and we wish you continued well-being. You of all people are a ray of light for so many people with this condition. But people with other conditions, conditions that we don't yet have a diagnosis for, but whatever it is, it is not hypochondriasis. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And I really appreciate the opportunity. It's been an absolute pleasure because I do believe that what you're doing is raising awareness and making the invisible visible. So thank you. The Health Design Podcast, sponsored by the Patient and Physician Advocacy Alliance. Visit us at thejournalofhealthdesign.com.